ghetto, the backyard, the yard. I said, what up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Wednesday Hump Day edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro to Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. If you know what you want to talk about, you know the rules. It is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. The only thing that we ask you do is to uh, call during the breaks and be uh, patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, slash X, um, you can do that at Sports Grind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, I'll respond to those and read those back on air in real time, or I'll respond to them later. Uh, you can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page as well, and you can leave comments. And like I said, if I don't read those on air now in real time, I'll respond to them later. And if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com, where you can uh, <clears throat> download the podcast, 7 Days a Week, 365. Okay. Also, if you're in a market that doesn't carry as terrestrial radio-wise, you're traveling, or you're having technical difficulties of listening through your other means also you can go to sportsgroundonline.com where you can click the play button and you can listen to us live there 877-37-CRIME all right so it is Wednesday um almost to the Christmas weekend again for those that don't listen to the show daily um shame on you uh but for those that don't listen daily or haven't heard us in a few days or a few weeks um we will be with you tomorrow, and then after tomorrow, we'll be off, and we will be returning on the 2nd of January, So, um, which I believe is a Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll be turning that going, Tuesday. Going on up on a Tuesday. Yeah, so we'll be back that Tuesday, so uh, we'll be out the rest of the week in the holidays. So just a reminder, and I'll probably remind it again before we get out of here today if I uh, remember, if I remind my own self. But anyway, for that, we've got some things to uh, get to. Uh, you know, I t- spent some time yesterday um, pretty much talking about the semifinals uh, and the main bowl games. I might revisit that tomorrow, um, you know, because, again, we won't be able to break that down before we um, break for the holidays. Uh, but in regards to today, there's still some juicy stuff and meat on the bone. Uh, first off, um, you know, this is, speaking of college, uh, this is National Signing Day. Um, you know, I'm not one of those that really play, you know, that a close attention to this, you know, of course the rankings, I mean, we've had a policy on this show. We usually go by rivals, you know, they were one of the first in the game. We know we've got other outlets, ESPN, 247, everybody's got their, you know, who's finished top class and all that, but we've always had a policy on this show that we've gone for rivals. Uh, but I don't pay to it close attention to it in depth. I know, um, you know, my former co-host, Salami, I know he was he was big in it in regards to paying attention to who's what. But that's just not me. But I do pay attention to the rankings and what we hear. And, you know, especially I think really if you're a passive buyer in regards to these national signing days and recruits, because first of all, it's become I've said this even this was a take that was. I don't know, nine years ago, 10 years ago. And even then, and it's kind of manifested into what it is now, I still feel like this is a lot 
of attention and run and press they give to 18 and 17 year old kids um, in regards to when they're selecting their program. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's a big deal, but it shows you really where college sports has come, which we all know it's the business. But this is a lot of exposure and a lot of hype and television, national television coverage we give to some of the top 10, 15 kids. And it's, you know, and you, you set them up <clears throat> in regards to depending on the foundation around of them. Um, that's a lot for a young kid to, you know, deal with and have that type of notoriety and still stay, you know, focused with a straight head. So that's kind of one of the things also the reason why I've never really dove all the way into it about who's what. Now, of course, with the program that I have interest in, I'm always paying attention where they fall. Uh, you know, after this first four or five years in Tuscaloosa, I saw it was going to become real redundant. So I was like, well, pay attention. They're going to land in the top two or three for the most part. Um, but we will take a look at that. Uh, we'll circle back around and just see uh, what's the early, quote unquote, projections of uh, rankings uh, due to rivals. I have Jonas kind of get to that uh, a little bit later. We'll circle back to it. Uh, speaking of also, I know one thing, Texas A&M, um, we all know uh, the firing of Jimbo Fisher. We know, you know, they're hired that they've decided. But, you know, they're losing a lot of um, their 2022 class to portal and everything else they're jumping ship they've lost a few receivers i've been paying attention to it just a little bit afar uh, because like i said you know it everybody's dealing with it i mean some more than others it kind of goes back to my take when you know coach prime you know again after the season one coach leaves three cramps it was oh my god Dion's losing coach prime losing players they believe it everybody's dealing with it to a certain extent and there's levels to it but a&m is, is quite a chunk because that that's your most one of your most recent you know, recruitment classes, and, and that could be the coach, you know, pretty much doing pulling the prime time, but he doesn't have the notoriety that Coach Prime, he doesn't have 100 cameras there, but he could be coming in and telling those kids at A&M, like, hey, you know, I would advise you to get in the transfer portal because I've watched a film and some of you guys might not fit what I'm looking for. So that's a possibility as well, too, but I know they came across my radar because they're losing a lot of them. What do you got? I feel like more likely the case is those guys committed to Jimbo Fisher. Uh, in yeah. that system, and so when, when normally when you have the head coaching change, like that's where that's where I am a big supporter of the portal because you made your commitment to a coach who got fired. You didn't necessarily make your commitment to the school. You made your commitment to the coach. You do, but you you don't lose. The, there, it's not normal to lose this many. Not in a recent uh, recruiting class of 22. Yeah, you can have a quarterback. You can have a skilled player that, hey, I went to AM because of Jimbo, uh, this and that. That's why you have some of those times where you have coaches that basically get a leeway because, like, oh, well, these are not his kids. But, you know, if you live by the book of Urban Meyer, he always said, hey, I hated that excuse. I felt like as a coach, you'll be able to coach up and supposed to win with whoever you got. But you have that, like, well, those are his kids, you know. So, to me, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but it's not every kid bolts just because Jimbo's the one that, you know, recruited him or whatever. So whatever the reason is, they've lost a good handful. But you've got college going on. Um, also, we've got, uh, you know, NFL, uh, which we'll circle, you know, around to here shortly. Uh, definitely we've got some off-the-field news. We've got some suspensions in Indy. Uh, we've got um, Arthur Blank. The owner of the Falcons speaking on Arthur Smith. I definitely want to get to that as well, too. Uh, also, uh, speaking of college football, before we move on, congrats to the UTSA Roadrunners. Birds up. 
they were able to um, win the uh, scooter uh, bowl. It's a coffee, right? Um, yeah, but yeah. the Frisco. The Frisco, the Frisco bowl. bowl. Uh, yeah, against Marshall. You know, I actually watched this for the most part. I mean, they, they overcame a 14-0 uh, deficit early. They just came out flat, and then they got going. The game got chippy. It was chippy all the way around. From the first quarter to the halftime and that, you know, uh, there was some crazy stuff going on. Uh, but congratulations uh, to Trailer. I mean, that's the first bowl win in a young program's history. Uh, you know, they've been knocking on the door, and that's a milestone for the program. I mean, a program, you know, uh, Ohio State, um, you know, Alabama, Michigan, schools like that are not going to be like, okay, well, we won the – you know, the scooter bowl, you know, I, it, but to a program that is still infant, which it is, um, the first is the most important thing. So, uh, props to them. And again, you know, some of the kids besides the, uh, their main defensive player that already hit the transfer portal, um, even though we knew the decision with Frank Harris was going to play, but credit to them, a lot of those seniors, even the ones that didn't play, they still showed up and they were still there with the team, you know, and I know, uh, Trailer talked about that and just said, Hey, this is a big deal, especially when it comes to recruiting and, and building that up. So, uh, UTSA Roadrunners get a, uh, W under their belt. So hats off to them. Um, so we'll get around two to the NFL. Uh, we'll look in. We'll do a, a midline report. Uh, take an early look. And Wednesdays is what is some of the Week 16 NFL. Already Week 16, unbelievable. Week 16 NFL lines uh, coming off of uh, a poor performance this week. Had a couple. Had one major bad beat. Could have saved us from going at least two and four. You know, one and five on the card. So we're looking to bounce back. We'll be releasing those. You know, later this weekend. Uh, but we'll take a glance if we don't run out of time in some of the early midline reports that are out there um also <clears throat> we've got um sean payton uh speaking on their relationship um well i should say his relationship with russ about his thoughts of where it's at <clears throat> i will tell denver in the great state of colorado um thank you for having me by the way um, the talks are really circulating, you know, and I know they're there in the Maha city, but, um, that's why I've been steady on this, but this whole decision in March, I mean, the conversation with Russ and I mean, you're getting anonymous GMs commenting now. I mean, everybody, it's going to be probably, I'll tell you this right now, because I usually write about this stuff, you know, when we get to this and I always tell you what the story in the offseason is going to be. There's going to be two stories that are the most intriguing stories that dominate the offseason starting as soon as the confetti drops in Las Vegas. One, <clears throat> the number one is going to be what's happening to Bill Belichick in New England. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's the number one offseason story. OK, now that's my opinion. But when you start, when we get closer to it, you'll see. Um, number two is what's going to happen to Russell Wilson and what are the Denver Broncos going to do? You know, regardless whether they backdoor and luck in to get into the playoffs, because I do believe they're going to need some luck, um, you know, even if they do some things that break their way, even if they do win out these last three games. Um, I've kind of just accepted what it is. The only thing that I'm hoping for is to take care of the Las Vegas Raiders in week 18 to end that streak. Um, and you have an opportunity to finish above 500 for the first time since 2015. Um, so those are two things that they can still control, in my opinion, that's meaningful. But make no mistake about it, man. 
I'm 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 looking at these last three games hard in December with Mr. Wilson. I've had his back since he showed up in Colorado. I still got his got his back, <clears throat> but reality, I'm all about the name on the front of the jerseys to the back. And <clears throat> this is going to be a very important stretch in regards to how he he you know he plays. So. We'll see, and and I'll, I'll get to Sean's comments, and and you know we'll kind of circle back around that. So you have that, um, but first let's start with the NBA. Let me take a quick swig so I can clear my throat here. All right, so let's start with the NBA. Uh, which who wanted with Ja? Ja Morant returns last night. Um, you know, and really much. Remarkable fashion, playing against a team, speaking of the Pelicans, that have been playing good ball, uh, you know, despite the whole weight issues with Zion. Brandon Ingram has played well when he's been on the court. So they've been playing pretty good, especially at home. So they rally, and Ja comes back to the tune, gives them buzzer booty too, by the way, <clears throat> 115 to 113, and it gives you 34, 8, and 6. Um, you know, and they were trying to pace him, by the way, because I had my eye on this game. They, they were trying to pace him, bringing him along slowly, playing him in five or seven spurts, um, not really calling any plays for him. And if you have paid attention to this Memphis team so far this year before Ja getting there, they have really struggled scoring. Uh, they really lack scores. I mean, everybody knows Dylan Brooks is in Houston now. Um, you know, he's more known for his defense um, and his fake thuggery. But at the end of the day, he was one of those guys, if Ja wasn't going or they he was out or he was hurt, that, you know, you could get some points, you know, from him. But you saw the immediate impact of Ja Morant on how good he is and really how much Memphis really needs him. Go look at Memphis' record. I mean, they're gonna, they, they need some work. I mean, he's going he's gonna to have to put in some work. To lead them back, and I, I'm pretty sure they will. I don't, I don't know if Memphis is really, you know, a true contender this year to come out of the West. I just don't think so. I think they still need a couple pieces. Um, to be honest with you, uh, but they're they're definitely going to be or should be a playoff team just off of John Moran alone. But like I told you yesterday, the NBA knew what they were doing, man. When they suspended the guy, they knew when he came back. They were going to want to put him and capitalize and put him on national television. And they kind of got lucky, uh, you know, and, and with that type of game that it ended up to be. Uh, but that's impressive, man. I mean, that also shows the youth. When you're young, you can do that. You know, an old vet, for example, Draymond Green, if Draymond Green's out another three weeks, when he comes back, it's going to take him some while. I mean, for one, to get in basketball shape again. I mean, he can be running, be active, and all that kind of stuff. And he's going through treatment if that's what's taking place. But nothing's going to simulate coming back and actually playing NBA. Draymond's older. That's going to be a difference. <clears throat> you know, I've noticed with me, man, sometimes in the morning, like the best times is, you know, when I go do cardio and I've slacked off and need to get back on it. But it's usually the morning times. But the one thing I've realized, even if it's like... 8.30, <clears throat> even it's 10, that first mile is tough. And then it takes your body to get warmed up like old Chevy. That once you kind of get past that, you start sweating, you feel like the bones start loosening up. <clears throat> no different than some athletes. You know, no different. And so I think that really, you know, helped John Morant in his particular situation of how much basketball that he missed. 
to be his youthful to be able to come back and still. I mean, of course, he's not all the way. He can get him better. NBA shape, but in, in game shape, I should say he's in. He looks in good shape, but game shape is properly what I should say. It's gonna. He's still not all the way there, but he'll get there. But you know, we'll see if that gets off to a winning ways. And again, you know, he knows he has all the spotlight on him, so it's more of about. Uh, you know, he ran out the tunnel saying he keeps receipts. He said he got receipts. You know, I'm like, well, yeah, John. I mean, damn, don't get mad at us, brother. I mean, you the one that was toting that thing on IG. Don't get mad at me. You just reported everything. I don't think anybody wrote you off and said you were done or wasn't going to be a good player. But I get it, man. Most athletes, they can use, they got to use whatever they can for that extra motivation. 877-37-GRIND. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Spin the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. All right. If you're looking to check out what they've got in for the holiday season, you know, of course, we got Christmas coming this week, we've got New Year's, New Year's parties. You want to check in what's the latest new products they have or you already know what they got, but you just want to deliver straight to your doorstep. Don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That's Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Um, so. Where were we? We were kind of talking about uh, Jaws' performance. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it's impressive, you know, to come back cold turkey um, and have that type of form. I mean, that's thirty-four, eight, and six. Uh, you know, um, and again, 
you know, I watched Jod through college. I mean, I knew him coming out was something that was a little different uh, than what I've seen, you know, in past. But what's going to be crazy about him, besides to see, you know, has he has he learned from his mistakes? Has he matured? Has he changed the circle, you know, around him? Is that when I look at long term, I look at him is going to be interesting with Jai is how he develops and develops his game um, past to where it is right now. Meaning, how does he prepare himself for when he gets older? Because he has the type of game right now that eventually those those skills in regards to the explosion – I mean, because you can't really keep him out of the paint without fouling him. Yeah, it's, it's a hyper-athleticism. Yeah, it's not yeah, just athleticism. Right. It's hyper-athleticism. Yeah, there, there you go. There, there you go. That's well said. Um, and therefore, it's going to – and I'm speeding. I mean, he's still got some time left. He ain't even gone to his prime yet. But just the way – I was thinking this last night when I was watching the game. I, it, it, he's, It's just the way he plays that eventually he's going to sit there and have to develop a different game. And he's going to have to start earlier. Don't kind of wait. I mean, that goes back to, you know, in regards to the late Kobe Bryant. You know, Kobe was taking visits to Akeem Olajuwon in the summer. You know, I think after the time they completed the first um, two titles or three titles with Phil, probably after the back to back, after the second one, or well, a little bit. Now I'd say it was probably after he already had three chips and right about going to his third. He started going in the summer and training with Olajuwon. In regards to his back to the basket moves, the post moves, the shake, the fadeaway, started you know studying a little bit more tape on MJ in regards to playing back. Because why did he do that? Because he knew that athletic wise, there was the league was going to get younger. There was going to be younger guys, and he wasn't going to have that same explosion that he did at 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. So um, that's that's kind of I don't I don't think that on every player like I just that him particularly across my mind because the way he plays, it's just different. And like and Jonah said it best, it's that, you know, excessive uh, explosion. You know, it's just uh, athleticism, really. Um, so, anyway, they get the W. We'll see where they go from there. They're going to have to start stringing, stringing some wins along, though, to keep it going. Uh, also, last night, uh, the Spurs uh, fell to Milwaukee, 132-119. to 119. Um, No Wimby uh, in this particular game. Um, anything you were looking for in here, Jonas? I, I know I asked you because you look – you look to find things, and somehow you always find something positive amongst all this losing. So, what did you take? Or what did you notice last night? And I can, and I, and I'm going to be transparent with you. I, I passed in and passed by on this game. I mean, Wimby wasn't playing. It was in Milwaukee. It was like, okay, you know, it's going to be. I'm not going to tune in and see anything different. I don't think that I've seen without him. Yeah, I had the San Antonio special going on with UTSA and you know the Spurs, mm-hmm. and then I also had the Grizzlies game going on mm-hmm. on TNT. Um, but but really, I, I feel like what I with, when, without Wemby, you were looking for somebody to step up. I think was really was really it really it, and um, you know we talked about it yesterday. That line was sixteen and a half. Can you cover that? Can you can you can you hold on to some respect? And they did for the most part. You you forced Giannis and uh, Dame to play into the fourth quarter, and Dame was a flamethrower last night. Like hmm. just what eight, 18 first first quarter points or whatever 18, 20 first quarter points. It was mm-hmm. it was stupid. Um, but they settled they settled in. 
they righted the ship, and, and it was an eight-point uh, eight deficit into the fourth quarter. So Devin Vassell, of course, stepped up. Uh, Keldon Johnson stepped up, the usual guys there. Sandro Mahmoud Kalashvili uh, got some great minutes with Wimby out. Hmm. Um, playing backup center with Charles Bassey out with the torn ACL. So, uh, like where he's coming along, and for him it was a bit of a of a return to the team that, in a sense, gave up on him. You know, they cut they they cut Sandro, and the Spurs picked him up and offered him a contract, and you know, gave him a fresh opportunity, and and he showed out. Uh, but there was a lot of just stupid mistakes still that you want to clean up. But um, overall, I mean. You didn't go into that game thinking you were going to win. No, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, because, you know, two organizations going two different directions, uh, especially with no Wimby, but no. It got scrappy, think, though, for a second. Well, I mean, again, you, I, I see when you're taking, trying to take those building blocks to competitiveness, do they stay respectable? And those are things that, you know, I think as, and, and again, I know they're young, but I think as, as a professional basketball players, that's kind of what you're supposed to do. I mean, even if you're not, even if you have, you know, inferior talent, like the other team has superior talent, that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, it's just like saying, hey, man, I took care of my kid and make sure he graduated. It, it is, but I a mean, couple of weeks back, you were you were worried and concerned no. about them about them learning to be right. comfortable losing. Well, no. And I right. feel like an effort against the Bucks without your superstar, because mm-hmm. you're, you're essentially running back the same roster as last season. Yeah. The, 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 the team that... Earned, you know, the the bottom three record in the NBA. Yeah, and you're taking on the Milwaukee Bucks at full force with a, with Dame Lillard. But see, this is the thing, though. Staying, being respectable, and not—I mean, that game wasn't on national television. But being respectable and competitive, it doesn't translate into. In my, when I said that, when you go back to what I said, it doesn't translate into showing that they haven't been comfortable, got comfortable with losing. Um, what shows that is when you go and let's just say you play two opponents, whether the Eastern teams or Western teams that are superior to you in talent, that are championship playoff contending teams. That's what Milwaukee is. And you're not supposed to win that game. So if you let's say you hit a stretch of you got two of those opponents back to back and you lose, let's say, by double digits. But that third game, you get <clears throat> you get a I don't know. Um, you get a Bulls team at home. You get somebody that's lesser. You get a Charlotte coming in. Those when they start winning those, when they start stopping that, then you can sit there and that shows me they're, they 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 haven't got accustomed to losing. You know, like being competitive and 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 yes, and not getting embarrassed by thirty or forty. You're a professional basketball player. I mean, I, I've said it forever. There's some guys in the NBA that I believe aren't really supposed to be in the NBA. I mean, they're good players. I mean, but they're, they're really, uh, how did they get in there? Or either the quality has just dropped off in regards to some of your BC level players. But the reality of it is, is no, but no. I mean, Milwaukee with no, even with Wimby, that, that's not a team if they're playing full strength and Giannis and Dame and they're 100% focused. The Spurs aren't supposed to, you know, beat them. But they broke the streak. So right now we're at a new streak. We're at two. We're just at two. So let's just see if now all of a sudden, let's say this losing streak stops at five or six or and maybe stops at three those are the those are the results those are the results that that tell you that they've gotten tired of losing or things are changing that's that's really that's the measurement 
Well, again, you talk about not getting comfortable losing. Yeah. Um, you've lost consecutive. Mm. Wait, now you got the Bulls at home in Chicago. Oh, I didn't even know that. It's not not in San Antonio, but, but at it's the in Bulls Chicago. In, in Chicago. Mm. And hopefully you can snap it there because you've got the Mavs before you come back for a game uh, with the well, Jazz and then back-to-backs back, uh, back to backs against Well, the I will Lakers. tell you, in their defense, speaking of the Spurs going to Chicago, Chicago's a weird team that, I mean, they started playing better a few games ago. They're, they depend on what Bulls team shows up. Early on the season, they're really bad. Now, the thing that's circulating around them is Zach Levine. Okay, now I didn't bring this up yesterday. But I knew this that because I know I brought it up when the reports was that, you know, the Lakers, there was mutual interest from Zach Levine going to L.A., vice versa. Well, now there's reports that Zach Levine is also opening going to the Sacramento Kings. So are they going to have Zach Levine tomorrow? I mean, is he going to play? I mean, is he even engaged? So, But if he's engaged in the Bulls, um, there's not – look, there's not – so my point I'm getting to with that – I don't know how much shame it is the losing to the Bulls on the road, considering they played a little bit better. Their record might not show it, but I've seen Bulls games, and it, if they come in engaged, first of all, I think Billy Donovan. I just I like Billy, but I just don't know if he's the guy for the NBA, especially taking a young team. I just don't think so. But regardless, if they show up and they're engaged, and you're talking to Mar Derozan, and you're talking about Zach Levine, and a couple, they that's a team that's still a little bit older than the Spurs. That they could, you know, I mean, it's not like, well, damn, they lost the Bulls. Bulls can get some people if they play. It's just they've got a lot of distractions going on right now. The Bulls can get some people. But the, the, at the same time, the Spurs have shown in, in their four wins on the season, uh, two are against the Suns and one one's against the Lakers. They can get some people, too. Yeah. And so after you get the emotional, because you, you don't want to start stacking the losses again. No. Right? And 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 it's very very quickly goes from three to five to ten, and it just accelerates. And so if you can kind of you you got the emotional win over the Lakers, and then be, I, I feel like because the emotion was so high and it felt like a weight off your shoulders, that's where you come back and you lose by thirty six to the Pelicans because it's just it took so much energy and so much emotion to beat the Lakers. That that it, yes okay then you come back and get your ass beat by the by the Pelicans but then you show fight without your star against the Bucks so you want to build that momentum forward Chicago is one where it with a healthy Wemby I feel like you're definitely pushing for the win well um, no it's definitely a game they can win and I see well, see I can't give them the emotional letdown off Lakers when you have a young team man that nobody's accomplished they, like that's a veteran team that does that like if you get up for a rob you get up and then you have somebody the emotional there is there's two things I'm gonna say we can move on from the Spurs yeah. there's two things we can say one I told you the other day coming out I'm not gonna tolerate coming out flat and being flat for a young team or being tired okay if, if, we're, if they're the youngest team in the league we can't have that happen there's i don't care any night and number two no that you an emotional win like you should be trying to prove every night that you can beat whoever on any given night and try to show that hey i'm the guy that's supposed to be here with wimby and trying to turn this thing around so that's the way i look at it look last night they're not supposed to win that game i don't know you said they got the bulls i don't know what that line would be that's on the road they'll be an underdog still at that that time i would tell you right Right now, Bulls, Spurs coming in, losing of 18 out of the last 19 games, 20, whatever it's going to be. I would say the Bulls would be favored by maybe four or four and a half. 
maybe somewhere around that. Um, no more than six. I would say anywhere from four and a half to six that they could be favored of the Spurs. Well, the Bulls are going to be on the other end of a back-to-back because okay, they're in action that, tonight that, hosting the Lakers. Okay, well, don't tell me. that If they're on a back-to-back, then we'll take that line. I'll take it to maybe take it to three, three and a half on a back-to-back of that. Bulls minus four. Okay. Um, yeah. So, well done. Um, another story in the NBA, though, right now, uh, because looking at tonight's schedule, there's a juicy one. And it's Cavs at Jazz. Because this is the return of Donovan Mitchell. Is this his first time going back? I don't I know. I don't know if this is his first time going back, but it's a no, time. He, he, it's yeah, a he's, time he's been there before. Back. Go ahead. He's been okay. there before. Go ahead. But the swirling we got the Zach Levine swirling. There's Donovan Mitchell swirling. And there's a lot of it coming out of Cleveland. To where he's on the trade block because Darius Garland's missing three to four weeks uh with his what broken jaw. Uh, Mobley's going to be missing six to eight weeks, and Windhorst is getting it going up in Cleveland to where Donovan Mitchell is on the trade block. And he is day-to-day with an illness and questionable to play against the Jazz tonight. Hmm. So that, that, that that's very fishy right there uh, with his game status against his old team hmm. and then all these trade rumors. Well, um it, it, well, first of all, I will tell you it makes sense because, I mean, whether they do it now or in the offseason, they would have done it because Donovan Mitchell was part of a Danny Ainge move to unload salary and to acquire picks. You know, same thing Danny did in his early years at Boston. So Donovan Mitchell was a casualty of that. So ending up in Cleveland and where Cleveland was at and where they're currently at, Donovan Mitchell's caliber, which I think his, you know, he hasn't yet to be able to match, in my opinion, his rookie year, second year, even his first two years. He's kind of hit some of the wall, but he's still a baller. I mean, he's still an all-star player in this league. He's not he's way he's not supposed to be in Cleveland. So it doesn't shock me. It, it makes sense because it doesn't make any sense for Cleveland to want to keep him. And definitely it makes sense that a contending team could use a Donovan Mitchell. So that is interesting. Um I would still say with because I, I, I haven't paid attention to all the rumors flirt, floating around, but I would still say that Zach Levine is very it, it, that's a more intriguing pull in my opinion than Donovan Mitchell just because of Zach Levine's size, the position he plays. Uh, he's a streaky shooter. I, I don't put Zach Levine as a pure shooter. He's streaky. I think more with him is his defense and his athleticism, uh, what he can do playing, going to the rim and sometimes playing above the rim. So I, that is more of, in my opinion, a good catch for him, whether it be Sacramento, L.A., because if L.A. gets him, to me, you know, depending on, and I don't think they're going to have to give up that much, but if you keep the core together, that really puts them really as possible. That closes the gap. Because I think matchup-wise, there is a gap between Denver and L.A. See, I think the Clippers match up better with the Nuggets than the Lakers, even with LeBron, Anthony Davis, than they do with the Denver. And a lot of that has to do with the depth because the Denver's depth over L.A. Even though L.A., uh, you got to give Palinke some credit, he has closed the gap a little bit on some talent there on the bench. But the bottom line is, is that I think if you add a Zach Levine to the Lakers – that 
adds a little bit to that bench and another score, and it kind of adds that gap. But right now, we talked about a little bit yesterday, moving on. The Clippers are the team that is starting to play. And again, Harden, I'm just, to me, with the Clippers' success, if you're a Clipper fan, or you got you're holding a Clippers ticket for a future Western Conference champion or NBA champion ticket. You concentrate just on how the team is doing. Whatever you get from James Harden is gravy. Because James Harden has to do this in the postseason. I don't care. He could average, he could go on a streak right now. Clippers could end up pushing this damn thing to 17, 16 wins in a row, which I don't know if it's going to happen. And James could be averaging 30 on that, and I don't give a damn. It's going to be what can you do in the playoffs. It's not fair, but it's reality. I don't care if it's fair or not because he's let a lot of people down. And I'm not even, I've never been a big James Harden fan my own damn self, but it's just reality. But we'll see. Um, so you think that's a juicy one tonight. I know there's Brooklyn and New York as well, Battle of the Boroughs. I know New York's like on this coming back, I think, from this uh, road trip. Um you know, that's one on the radar. The Nuggets, um, they're in Canada tonight. I think Denver Nuggets take on Toronto. Uh, Toronto's a scrappy team. They're a team also that you really don't know, depending on who shows up. That's another one. I mean, I haven't heard any rumors, but look at Siakam. I mean, what, what, I mean, does oh, it yeah, make, he's does, reportedly available. Is he? Okay. Well, him come, and, him okay. and Ananobi okay. um, are both uh, okay. high. The, the, the attention around them for trade rumors, it's pretty intense. Okay, well, I didn't know that. So since you just gave me that new information, okay, I would sit there and I would put Siakam definitely right there on par with the Zach Levine, whoever can try that, you know, acquire him because that does, doesn't make sense for Toronto as well, too. They, you know, they're moved on from Nick Nurse. Um, I'm not going to say they're in a rebuild because I have a lot of respect for that GM. He's drafting talent and, uh, uh, you know, everything he's doing. But there's no need to keep Siakam, and you can get some value for him. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. 
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers' steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.